Grr, arg. Welcome, foolish mortals, to this week's episode of the Mixtape Podcast, where we review movies from a screenwriter's perspective. I'm your host. My name is Dean. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Marcelo. And this week, we are doing 2003's The Haunted Mansion, directed by Rob Minkoff. A realtor and his family are summoned to a mansion which they soon discover is haunted. The Haunted Mansion is my absolute favorite ride ever in the history of the world. (laughs) I love it. If I go to Disneyland, I will literally stand in line for hours just to ride it consistently. I love it. It is the best. And there are so many um, things in this movie from the ride, which I'll point out. I didn't catch all of them, but I did catch some of them that are directly from the ride, which I thought was pretty cool. So the opening scene, there's uh, a beautiful masquerade ball going on and um, in a mansion and everyone is dancing. It looks like it's it's beautifully set. The, the costume design and the set design in this movie is absolutely fucking bang on. It is amazing. Like everyone in this scene is dancing. They're wearing, it's, they're wearing like 1700s attire. It just, it's so magical. It's the cinematography, the director of photography. I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, but you are amazing. The, the scene is just, just the ambiance of the scene. It's beautiful. The costume design, like I said, is beautiful. A man receives a note. He starts to panic and then it cuts to a woman drinking, drinking something. And it's obviously poison because she just falls to the floor and dies. He finds her on the floor. He sobs and then he hangs himself. That's basically the premise of the, the opening scene. I liked it because it was exposition. We kind of needed because that's going to come back later and the characters are kind of going to come back later. What did you think about the opening scene of the Haunted Mansion? I really thought it was unique and inventive because I haven't seen movies too often where they tell exposition over the credits. And the fact that this was that the fact that this played over the credits and that the and that this scene from this ball and this king or this lord getting this mess get a uh, reading this letter from his supposed love and then cutting to his supposed love uh drinking something and then dying i thought that it was a really really unique way to give us much needed exposition for um for something that was going to come back in the movie much later on yeah exactly so now we move to present day and a boy cycles to the front gate of the mansion and it's he's looking upon it and it's derelict it's like nobody's been there since the 1700s it's it's worn down and then he's looking through the gate and there's there's like a force of wind in the shape of a face that comes barreling towards him knocking him over he jumps on his bike he's on a bicycle and he he races off and as he races off the camera pans down and there's a pamphlet pamphlet on the floor in front of the gate on the ground sorry and it's of evers and evers realty and there's a photo of eddie murphy on the pamphlet what i like about this scene is it's pretty much play for play from casper (laughs) that's casper's opening scene did you notice that yep I did. No, I, <laughs> I don't mean, know which I'm, movie. Oh, no, Casper came out first. I think. Yeah, that was that was the nineties. So they they no, just ripped that off. <laughs> yeah, but no, but when I saw that scene, I, I it you know for as, as it was developing, as the boy was 
uh, using his bike to bike up to the gate. I was like, this looks familiar. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, second. yeah. But then I was like, they ripped this off a of Casper. Nice move. Nice 100%. move. 100%. Uh, I like the pamphlet on the floor because it, 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 it kind of, it, we kind of understand why, how they ended up bringing the family there by the pamphlets being there. So that wasn't kind of questioned. And then, we meet Jim Evers, which is placed by, played by Eddie Murphy. He's a real estate agent and he's selling a house. He's in, he's in this like massive house. He's trying to sell it and the people are a bit fucking picky, but he's smiling and he's trying to make excuses. Oh, no, you could do this and you could do that. He's a really good real estate agent and he gets the job done and he's, he gets a call in between talking to these people that are like unsure and it's his wife and she tells him it's our anniversary don't be late for dinner. I've made reservations. He's like, no, I'm not going to be late. Of course I'm not going to be late. <laughs> right? That's that scene. Uh, I liked it because it showed him in his job. It shows that he's good at his job. It shows that kind of he has money. It, it showed him telling his wife something that he will later break. <laughs> so what do you think? No, I thought this this scene set up uh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy's character really, really well because like Dean just said, it really shows that he is dedicated to his job and it shows that he may prefer his job over his family, which will come into play later on. So Jim arrives at a bar. He's, he's, he quickly shuffles in and he sits down and he meets with some clients and he puts a paper, pa- piece of paper on the desk and he's saying, look, sign this, the house is yours. This is different people. So we know he's, he's, got, he's got multiple clients going and they say, oh, you know what? you know, stay for a drink, you know, we're at a bar. And he says, look, uh, my wife's waiting for me. You know, it's my wife's anniversary, our anniversary, you know, I got to go. And they go, no, 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 we insist. And he's like, look, I'll, I'll do it. If you just sign, if you just sign the paper, I'll just, I'll, I'll stay here and do it. And they're like, well, okay. And then they start singing and he just gets the shits. He's like, sign the paper, just sign, just, you know, smile, sign the, sign the paper. As, Jim leaves. He's like, great, you've signed. Let's go. As Jim leaves, a couple pulls him up and says, oh, we just overheard that you sold that person a house. We're we're in the market. And you can see, because the camera is on him, on his face, you can see that he's like tossing up between, oh God, do I do this? Or do I, do I go home to my wife? And then he's just like, oh, okay, fine. And then he turns around and he goes, hey, I'm Jim Evers from Evers and, Evers and Evers Realty. And you're just like, oh, no. He can't resist a sale. He can't resist money. But what really gets me about that scene is I fucking hate people where you tell them something and they disregard it because they want to do something. Like he's sitting at the table going, oh, no, I have to go to my wife's anniversary. And they're like, oh, stay for a drink. Um, Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Like, honestly, why are you more important than my life? Like, I absolutely hate people that disrespect other people's, what other people say. I mean, you know this, Marcelo. I fucking hate it. So that that annoyed me, but the scene overall was good and it showed that he kind of puts his job above his family. Yeah, I think that he gives, I, I, think, I think the reason why he loves his job so much is I think he puts a lot of the, I think he puts a lot of the individual, I think he puts a lot of his self-worth into his job. And I don't think that he could be, I don't think that he could be possibly comfortable with the person that he could become if he didn't have his job. And I think the way that he justifies it is 
he, he you know he says that I, I i'm not doing this for me i'm doing this for the betterment of my family when it's when it's actually the reverse he is doing this for himself he's not doing it for his family he's doing this for himself because he's he is addicted to work which is which yeah, is yeah which is totally totally not good as far yeah. as that scene of him coming into like this hawaii tiki bar to close another deal with these people the moment that these people started singing happy anniversary and oh. eddie murphy just exploded going he said sign he, he didn't say this but he basically said sign the fucking papers i lost my shit I'm, that was the funniest thing ever because i'm like it was, it was, because because i wasn't expecting it because he said, sign the fucking paywall he, he was like sign it i was like this is just great so so great yeah. so now Jim gets home and his wife opens the door. She's fucking pissed. And he, he hands her a teddy and the teddy's got this really expensive watch and he puts it on her wrist. Look what Teddy brought you. Look at this. And he's like, hey, I sold another house and, you know, we're on a roll here. And she just looks at him. She's like, well, that's fucking great. And she just walks away because she doesn't she doesn't care about having expensive things. She just wants him there to be spending time with the family. And then she reminds him of everything he's missed in the past month in her and her kids' lives and their kids' lives. And he's like, oh, shit, did I really miss that much? And she's like, yes, because you think work is more important. And so he says, okay, okay, let's just go to the lake. Let's go to the lake, the whole family, this this whole weekend, right? Which is kind of like the whole weekend is two days. <laughs> so if he was like, let's go on a month vacation, that's a different thing, but the whole weekend, whatever. But anyway, that sets up for the story so and it sets up a lot of things that happen when they get to the mansion because she's still pissed at him and if she wasn't annoyed at him i don't think what happens when they get to the mansion would happen she had to be annoyed at him so what do you think oh well before i get to that i do think well i i have to sort of disagree with you there i do think that everything that happens once they get to the mansion would have happened Anyway, if she wasn't mad at him, maybe it would have happened differently, but it would have happened. Um, but the reason, uh, but I really love that scene when he comes home because he comes home with a teddy bear and a nice watch for his wife. And he thinks that this will make up for his tardiness and this will make up for mm -hmm. him not being here. But the, the, the thing that made the, the, the thing that I really loved from a screenplay writing perspective is the fact when his wife basically tells him, um, you've missed out on so much time. And then she goes, uh, you want to know what you've missed? Well, you missed two barbecues and you missed one birthday. And Eddie Murphy does such a good job. He's like, well, how could I have missed that much? And I really like that reaction because someone who's addicted to work doesn't really realize what he's missing out because he mm -hmm. loves his job so much for whatever reason and yeah. i thought that i thought that in that respect the writer of this movie got that emotion down so so well and i really yeah. really loved it yeah so jim goes upstairs and his 10 year old son michael runs down the hall terrified and and jim's like what is going on and he's like there's a spider in my room there's a spider in my room and they go into his room and there's like a little spider on the on the on the window and jim grabs a a magazine he rolls it up and he gives it to his son he goes just whack the spider and he's like michael's like i don't want to whack the spider he's like no just just you know you gotta just 
you know, there's going to be lots of spiders in your life. You can't just like run away from them. You got to, you got to, you got to do it. And he's trying to give this son a, a, a pep talk that, you know, you, you just, just do it. He's little, you know, it's all right. And then my favorite character comes in, his sister, Megan grabs the magazine. Um, not great. Steals the magazine from Jim's hat, <laughs> whacks the spider, like squishes it, squishes him on the window and says, they're happy. And then she walks out <laughs> and Jim's like, no, I'm not happy. I'm trying to teach your brother a lesson. And she's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally the best character in the whole movie but um i liked it it set up michael's fear uh it set up that jim even though he's at work he is a good father and it set up the daughter to be basically confident and courageous which she actually does turn out to be so that doesn't come out of nowhere i liked it yeah uh jim's daughter is the best because that scene when eddie you know uh he goes upstairs to see that his 10 year old son is afraid of a spider that scene hit me where i live because i'm terrified of spiders so look i'm 35 years old but even this 35 year old man if i if i see a spider in my room i uh i'll i'll just you know jump up and down and scream like a like a little girl girl. (laughs) yeah yes scream like a girl um so that scene of watching this kid be so afraid of killing a spider really hit me where I live because of my fear of spiders. I really like the moment when Eddie's Mur- when Eddie Murphy's character says, just squash the spider. You're going to have to deal with a lot of spiders in your life. And I really, really like that parable because in that moment, I think that he used a really, really interesting euphemism for race, but not, mm-hmm. you know, with, 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 without actually saying it. I, I yeah. don't I don't know I don't know if you picked that up at all, but no, I, I, I mean it, it's a it's a really really small line, but you didn't pick it up, did you? No, 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 no. Okay, but uh, just just one thing when um, when the daughter came in and whacked mm-hmm. the spider with the newspaper on the window, I was like, you know what, Dean would do that for me, and I was like, I love this girl. One <laughs> scene, and I'm like, I love this girl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you don't like spiders. You should move to Australia. I currently am showering with two spiders, and one of them, and I was, and one of them was moving, and I was like, "You fucking come near me, and it, it will be the end of your life if you come near me while I'm in the shower." I swear to God, I will not hesitate to kill your ass. But he didn't. He backed off, and I'm like, "Good, that's good, that's good." I just but, leave him. <laughs> but are they are they are they big ones or like little tiny ones? Depends. Some of them are babies. Some of them went. Oh, look! It de- like it depends on what you think big is. So right, right, right. that's everybody's got a different definition. Some some people think two inches a spider that's two inches big is massive, whereas some people say it's small. So it just depends right. on what you think is big and what you don't. Mm-hmm. So anyway, other than my shower escapades with my spider friends, let's go. Let's move on. <laughs> so uh, Jim's wife Sarah, she gets a call asking to rep a house and she says oh no sorry she has plans this weekend and she can't do it so immediately she's set up as the kind of person that puts family before work now jim is standing there and he goes wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute show me the address of the house she shows him and his eyes widen he's like oh my god do you know what this this it's the mansion right he's like do you know where this house is do you know how much money we can get from this and she's like no she's like no he goes we have to go and he said listen it's on the way to the lake. Why don't we just stop off, get it done, and then we'll just go to the lake, no problem. And so she's just looking at him like, oh, my fucking God. But anyway, that sets up the story. It's a small scene. What do you think? I was extremely frustrated with Eddie Murphy's character 
at the start of this movie because his dependency on work and his way that he used work to give his life meaning was really, really, it, it really, really rubbed me the wrong way because I'm a workaholic, but I, 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 I balance my life properly. And I just don't like it when I when when I see people who don't balance their life properly, even if these character, even if those people are fictional. Yeah, I mean, it was he did mention later on in the movie that he does it because he wants to give everything to his kids that he never had. So he grew up poor, and that yeah. and I understand no, but, why he's doing. Yeah. That. So anyway, the family arrive at the mansion. Megan gets out of the car and she slams the door and Jim's like, um, can you not slam the door? It's a delicate car. And then they, they, they walk in the gates magically open on their own and they're walking in and they check out the backyard. And I love this shot. This shot is so cool. The backyard is a massive fucking cemetery, like literally as far as the eye can see. And Eddie Murphy's so funny. He's like, um, honey, there's a, there's dead people in the backyard. (laughs) And, and she's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, but it's such a good shot. I don't know who did the the um, effects, but it looks really cool. And um, that obviously will come back later on. And I love the how they made the haunted mansion look because it looks exactly like the ride in Disneyland. Exactly, everything is the same. Obviously, I mean, the ride in Disneyland has the cemetery. It doesn't have the cemetery as far as the eye can see, but it does have the cemetery. It's and I just loved it. I, I loved it because, like I said, there's a lot of callbacks to the ride, and um, I love the way that they did that. So, what did you think? Yeah, as far as the way that the mansion looks and whether it's accurate to the ride, all that, all this shit, all this shit in this movie will be lost on me because, sadly, guys, I've never been to Disney in my life, so all this stuff is just uh, lost on me. But I will say that the fact that. Um, that that in the backyard of the mansion they have a fucking cemetery. I I thought that was great, and the way that Eddie Murphy kind of kind of hinted at that he was going to try and make this try and make the fact that this house or this property has a cemetery in the in the uh, uh, in the backyard just showed you what kind of a snake real estate agent he is because yeah. he's so desperate for to work that he'll try and make anything work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a storm that hits and they knock on the big door and the door opens on its own. They walk into the mansion. The mansion looks like it hasn't been touched since the 1700s, aside from all the cobwebs and dust on everything. Again, the the set design in this movie is amazing because when they walk into the haunted mansion, it looks like the ride because when – the ride starts outside when you're walking through the line. When you're walking through the line, you're walking through the cemetery, which is really cool. And when you actually get inside, before you get on the ride, there's another section of a line, but you walk in the ma- into the mansion. And this looks like walking into the, the, the ride. So now we meet Ramsley, and he's the butler, and he asks if she's Sarah Evers and why she brought others with her as the invitation was for her only. So right there you're like, okay, what the fuck? And Ramsley leads. Ramsley's just, he doesn't smile. He looks like a bit of a, he looks, just looks like a pompous English butler. And he leads them to the dining hall. Again, beautiful set design. The chairs are magnificent. They're like something out of medieval Europe. We meet, and then we meet Master Gracie. And he's a bit 
odd and he only he's only really addressing Sarah. He's disregarding Jim and the kids and he's just looking at Sarah like with stars in his eyes. And he's staring at her as he speaks and Eddie's seeing this and he's like, mm, okay, this is a bit weird. And Gracie explains the house is his inheritance. He asks Jim if he believes in ghosts and Jim's like, yeah, 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 but I don't think we should put that on the on the listing. We should put like it has bathrooms. People love bathrooms. Let's just put bathroom. He he doesn't even find it weird that this guy has asked him if he believes in ghosts. He just wants to sell the fucking house. Ramsley comes back and he says, he looks out the window and he says, the storm has flooded the roads, so you can't leave. You have to stay here at least for the night, which makes them all uncomfortable because they're supposed to be going to the fucking lake. But this is the setup for the whole movie. I loved it. The storm, they can't leave. They're trapped in the house. Uh, we get introduced to Ramsley, which we know he's a bit off. We get introduced to Master Gracie and he's got this thing with Sarah, but we don't really know what it is yet. And I really liked it. I really liked the setup to all the characters. I really love uh, Taryn Stamp, who plays Ramsley. Um, and I just kept thinking, oh, look, it's General Zod. Um, Every but- time I see this actor, I'm like, oh, it's the butler from, <laughs> from Haunted Match. Really? Every time I see this- yeah, because I okay. don't remember seeing him in like anything else. <laughs> Yeah, but he was a yeah, but he's a, he he's in Richard Donner Superman too. He's General Zod. Yeah, but you're um, the Superman person. That's not me. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I am. But I really, I really, really adore how once Ramsey comes into the picture, how he how he speaks to um, how he speaks to uh, Eddie Eddie Murphy's wife and how he ignores Eddie Murphy even even when even when Eddie Murphy you know tries to introduce himself. Eddie Murphy has his hand out and Ramsley just ignores it. Right. And anytime that Eddie Murphy tries to speak to Ramsley or, uh, or the Lord guy, what's his name again? Gracie. Gracie. Even Gracie ignores, uh, Eddie Murphy's character. I just got a kick out of that so much. It, It really came across to me as funny. And I was like, Oh, this is great. The other thing that I will say the production design of this movie is fantastic. Mm. The the um, the dining set that they step into once they meet uh, uh, Gracely is just great. The chairs are wonderful, but mm. I really had a problem with the lighting in this movie. I mm. thought that it was too bright. I was oh, like, okay. I was like, you know, I, I I understand that this is a kids' movie, but once shit starts happening, I was like turn the lights down because mm-hmm. i i'm like i i'm not scared and i feel if they would have turned the lights down it would have helped with uh with the scare factor for uh uh kids who uh uh, uh may end up watching this movie i mean i under, listen i understand that it's it's a kids movie but i really had a problem with the lighting because i thought there was it was too it was too light it did oh, there was too much okay. light Oh, I didn't even see that. Maybe when I watch it again, I'll have a look. I did, did not even notice that. So this is what was really weird to me. They get shown to their rooms and the kids get shown to their room and then the mum and the dad, Jim and Sarah, get sh- shown to their room. I don't know if I was a parent, if I would let my two kids sleep in a room in a mansion with two creepy pe- I would want to be in the same room as them. So I thought that that would, what do you reckon? Do you, do you reckon that was normal or do you reckon, I don't know. I found that a bit weird. Oh, hell no. Um, if I, you know, you know, if I ever have children, 
And if my kids and I, for some reason, spend the evening at a haunted mansion, I'm definitely having my kids sleep in the same room that I'm in. There's no way in fucking hell that I'll let my kids have their own room and then I'll go uh, sleep in another room with my wife. There's there's no way in a million years that that is yeah. happening. So I'm so so I'm with you a hundred percent. There's no way in hell that I'm letting my kids sleep in a room by themselves with uh in a castle with two uh people that are, that are a little <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a bit weird too. But anyway, that's uh, they did that for a reason because they needed to break them up. I get it. But from a screenwriter's point of view, they probably could have done it better. So anyway, Sarah starts having a fit at Jim for being there. They wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. If it wasn't for him wanting to come and, and, and rep this fucking house, then they would be at the lake and they're missing out on the lake because he just couldn't fucking resist. The op- oh, she just pissed. She's pissing him. She locks herself into the bathroom and he's trying to apologize. Ramsley appears in the room out of fucking nowhere and he tells Jim, Master Gracie would like to see him alone. And so Jim's like, oh, I'll be back. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to see, you know, the master of the house. Ramsley asks if he believes in ghosts. This is the second time he's been asked and Jim says, absolutely not. And it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> so Ramsley tells Jim, the master has to leave the home and move on for if he doesn't, he fears the worst. And that's it. That's that scene. But that scene was good because it had to, it, they have to break them up, right? So they've already broken the kids away from the adults and they had to break Jim away from Sarah. So this is a way of pulling him away from her to separate them in the movie. So I thought that it was good. I, 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 I got it. No, uh, what the what the writer is doing right now is he's taking the chess pieces on the board, which in this case is our characters, and he's, and like Dean just said, he's splitting them all up, which which will which will provide for tension later on. But the other thing that I really like that the writer is doing is that uh, when Ramsley asks uh, Jim the uh, if he if he if he believes in ghosts, that is uh, the writer dropping another hat on the ground. That is dropping a hat that will be picked up later. So I really like how the writer of this film is slowly but surely dropping little hats on the ground. That he will pick up later on. Look, uh, the way that he picks up some hats, I like, and the way that he uh, leaves others on the ground in certain situations, I don't like. But mm-hmm. that particular mm-hmm. scene of uh, Ramsley coming in, telling Jim that um, Gracely wants to see him in the library, is really great. Yeah. So Ramsley Ramsley takes Jim to the room, leaves him on his own. And Jim is waiting for Gracie when he bumps something on the table. He bumps his drink on the table and he stands up. And when he, when he stands up after picking up the glass, he knocks like a, a bust and the head moves forward revealing a secret passage. And then he starts playing with the head, try opening it, closing it, opening it, then closing it. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny, but I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> cool. So I must say. I must say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. What a goddamn idiot. What are you doing? I know. I was like, what, what are, are you doing? doing? But anyway, he steps in to the secret passage and the door closes behind him. That's that scene. The scene was okay, but 
<laughs> but Jim, I'm so happy I got his name right. Took me a while, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Jim sitting down and playing like he's the master of the house, standing up, hitting the bust, and then playing with the bust. First of all, excuse me, sir, you are in a haunted mansion with two fucking weirdos, and you want to go into a secret door that you don't know where it leads to? What are you doing? Well, oh, listen, I would guys, probably do it, to be yeah, honest. But, you know, but also, <laughs> but also, we've said it on the podcast before, there is this thing in writing vernacular where writers need certain things to happen to push the story forward. And that is what folks that is called writer's convenience. And I think that I did air quotes for those of you listening writer's convenience. I think that that moment is a writer's convenience because nobody in their fucking right mind would do that. No, I don't think it was writer's convenience. I 100% disagree with you on that because really, the way, yeah, I'm going to tell you, the way okay. that the secret passage was triggered was plausible because he okay. accidentally bumped it. The fact that there's a secret passage in a in a mansion is plausible because they do have them. People did build those. <laughs> they built tunnels and stuff. So right. that's plausible. And the fact that he just couldn't resist because, again, he's a real estate agent, right? So he wants to look at every single part of the house. What's this? Could I yeah, put but, this on the listing? But, Do you know what I mean? Okay, 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 okay. Everything you just said is completely plausible. I'm with you on that, right? Let me ask you, let, let me ask you this. If you were the real estate looking into this house, would you be really creeped out by now? No, and that's the thing. We're watching a movie called The Haunted Mansion. He doesn't believe in ghosts. He just thinks it's an old fucking house. All right. So okay, he's I'll- gone, oh, okay, I'm just going to do this, right? So he's just got, he's not creeped out at all. He's like, it's a house. Okay. Okay. All right. Wait a minute. Okay. Now I'm seeing, now I'm seeing the lines. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. He's a skeptic. I'm yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm seeing it. It took me a minute, but I'm, but I'm finally yes. saying it. Fucking yes. <laughs> oh. I fucking got him. Fucking. Uh, yeah. That's one she point. She got me again, I folks. <laughs> I got a point. <laughs> so moving on from that, we're, we're with the kids and they're in their room when they see a floating ball of light hovering towards them. And then they follow the ball of light as it leaves the room. Now I know you're going to be like, who would do this? No, 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 no. But they're no, kids. No, no, no. There's a floating ball of light. They're no. kids. They're 10-year-olds. Of course they're going to do that. No. With the kids with the kids following the ball of light, I have no problem with that because they're kids. Also, I just want to mention, I mm. called the ball of light. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't. The <laughs> the second the second I saw the ball of light, I was like, what if the ball of light is this? And I guess what? I was right. Oh, good on you. Good on you. So now we're back with Sarah and she's looking for Jim. She steps outside her room and she spots a maid and she goes, excuse me, have you seen my husband? And the maid, I, I don't know who the hell this actress is, but she's so good in this role. I love her. So the maid kind of makes this face like, uh, oh, my God, there's somebody else here. Like she just was not expecting somebody else to fucking be here. So she runs down the hall and Sarah kind of walks after her and she goes downstairs and she sees Ramsley and she says, look, have you seen my husband? And he said, he points her towards the library, which she enters and Master Gracie is in there. Sarah asks him, why he wants to sell. And Gracie tells her some memories here are painful. It's her, uh, it's her, hers are the memories that haunt these walls. Now he will get into the story a bit later, 
but that was that was that scene, which was again, I liked it because they had to get Gracie and Sarah into a room together. So I liked that she was looking for Jim, bumped into Ramsley, and then Ramsley goes, Oh, he's in there, and then obviously he wasn't in there. So you know Ramsley's up to something because it's like, why would he do that? So it's like you know, the gears are starting to run in your head, but I liked it because it pushed the story forward. Yeah. Also, it it, it allows Gracely to give uh, one of our principal characters an idea of what happened at this haunted mansion decades ago. As far as Ramsley's, as far as uh, Ram Ramsley's behavior, that motherfucker is shady as hell. I like, <laughs> like, 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 like Terrence yeah. Stamp did such a good job at being so reliably creepy. I'm mm. like, I don't, I don't trust you for a single second. I feel like if I turn my back right now, you'll stab me in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now we're following the kids and they're following, they're, ki- they're still following the glowing ball of light and they step into an old ancient elevator and go up. That's that scene. I don't know if you want to talk about it. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, no, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it's quick. We can press on. All right. Oh, no. So, wait. Oh yeah. Go. No, wait. Um, I, I do like the scene for one thing. I like the way how, uh, the, the, the 10 year old kid is afraid of getting on the elevator. So while, while the kids are, are, are going through this mansion, this 10-year-old kid is constantly afraid of everything. And I really like the way that the writer pays that off later in the story. So yeah. the kid's behavior all throughout this movie really, really makes the last – like it really, really gives his last moment or his hero moment mm. later on some really massive punch. Yeah. Which, 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 which we'll get to, but I really like – him still, you know, being afraid to get on like a old dinky elevator, and the fact that his sister just fucking does it, I'm like, you're still awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. So now we're back with Jim, and he's walking through the hallway. It's he walks past paintings, and they change from normal to sinister as he passes them. And this is from the waiting line in the right, where there's 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 portraits up, and when you walk past them. They're, they're normal, but then when you walk past them, they turn demonic. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's from the ride. Uh, he also comes across some marble busts uh, that turn to look at him as he passes. That's also from the ride, which I thought was cool. And he comes to a door that looks like it's breathing, which is also from the ride. <laughs> this whole scene is just from the ride. <laughs> he ends is there, up, any, is yeah. there anything in the scene that's not from the ride? Eddie Murphy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the only thing that's not from the right. Off your pop. <laughs> so Off he enters pop. the room with the door that's breathing uh, to see an old school phone ringing. He picks it up and there's nobody, but we see it's Ramsley on the other end and Ramsley hangs up. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I, I've never gotten that. And then, and then he turns and he looks in the mirror and he sees his decaying corpse, and that is also from the right. <laughs> they've got—I don't know what—they've got these mirror things. I don't know if it's in the waiting line or when you're on the ride. But when you look in the mirror, you look like you're decaying. I think it's when you're actually on the ride. But um, 
yeah, that was a cool scene. That entire scene was just a homage to the ride. I loved it. As far as Eddie Murphy going into the room with the door that looks like it that that uh, look like it's breathing, and him answering a uh, old style phone that's ringing, I think that Ramsley did that just to just to confirm where Jim was in the house, and just to make sure that oh, Jim okay, was. Yeah. Just to make sure that Jim was on the other side of the house. All right. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that. There is there there is another big problem that I have, but I'm, I'm going to wait until you uh, uh, kind of get there a little bit to talk about it. Because if I talk about it now, it, it it won't make sense. All right. So we're back with the kids, and the kids are following the glowing ball of light to a portrait of what looks like their mum from the 1700s. The maid comes in with another servant and they ask why they're in this room. Like, they can't be in here. They need to get out. And they all hear a noise and the maid asks the kids, like, you got to hide, you got to hide. Ramsley comes in and asks where the children are. And they're like, what children? (laughs) Like, and Ramsley knows they're bullshitting. No, actually, but actually, actually, they give the children cookies before Ramsley comes in. Does that have anything to do with anything? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) because <laughs> i'm like what the fuck <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh my god marcelo i'm gonna have i'm gonna fucking i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry i'm fucking stupid. off you go and then they gave the children cookies okay cool now i want a cookie so that's fucking great <laughs> that's fucking great i want I'm a chocolate sorry. chip fucking cookie also before you finish yeah i really love that shares teachers in this movie who Cher's teacher from from uh, Clueless is in this movie. Who is she? The the actor who plays Cher's teacher from the movie Clueless. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Who is she in the haunted mansion? This is what I'm no, asking. No, but he's the he's the guy, the the fucking butler dude. Oh, oh, okay. It's the okay, okay, okay. Right, the yeah. guy that was her teacher. Yeah, which was yeah. the guy from the 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 um. Princess yeah. Bride, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inconceivable. Yes, yeah, yeah. He also, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's Vincini. I don't know that actor's name. He's such a good character. I'm so sorry. You're going to take all this out. Or maybe I'll just leave it in to make you look like a turd. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly a- what I'll do. I'll fucking leave it in so everybody can know what I have to deal with you when we're not on air. This <laughs> shit. Well. <laughs> It's not the first time that you've actually made me look like a turd, so. No. And no. it won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I so can I finish this fucking scene? Hold up, hold I want to finish on. this fucking scene. Hold on. Hold on. I swear to God, I, I, I bet there are people that listen to our show and they're like, she's such a fucking, why does she treat him so bad? Or, or they think, I mean, the way that she treats him is deservedly so. So it could swing both ways. We don't know. They could be on my side. They could be on your side. Well, actually, you know what? If you're listening to this on YouTube, go into the comments and tell us whose side you're on. <laughs> is it my side or is it must? Am I justified in saying the shit that I say to him or not? Go pop it in the comments. Oh, and you can subscribe <laughs> if you like what you hear. You can subscribe and like the video, please. So there you go. We'll get a gauge of who's on whose side because you seem to think that people fucking hate me and I don't think that they do. 
Can I finish this scene? Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking kill you. This has been five minutes already. He was saying she wasn't supposed to bring the – Ramsay was saying she wasn't supposed to bring the children along with that brainless husband of hers and nothing is going to interfere with the master's plan. So we know there's a plan. We know Ramsay is a dickhead. We know he's bad, but we know that the children have just overheard Ramsley being a dickhead. So what do you think? I think that's a really good scene because it actually puts the audience in a in, in a state of, okay, who do we believe? Do we believe the butler who is shady or do we believe that Grace Lee had this plan all along? It 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 um the scene works because it 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 makes the audience wonder who is telling the truth here. Yeah, right. And yeah, yeah. yeah. What what ends up happening, and which we'll get to, is really, really interesting because I think that this scene is misdirection. So now we're back with Jim, and he encounters the amazing Madame Leota, which uh, she's, she's a gypsy, and she's basically a gypsy head in a crystal wall. And I love her because, again, she's, she's an iconic part of the Haunted Mansion ride, although in the ride, she's blue, and in this movie, she's green, which I don't care, but it's played by Jennifer Tilly perfectly, perfectly. So she says, she starts talking, I am the voice for the spirits. There is great evil in this house. It seeks to destroy you. So she's kind of like a clairvoyant. Only the light will lead the way. Follow it to find the way home. So she starts, and then she, and then he's like, Eddie Murphy's like, what the f- fuck is going on like who the fuck are you why are you talking to me so she starts kind of proving her power she starts lifting the table and lifting the chair that jim is in and everything starts spinning around him and he's like oh my god i'm gonna be sick and then eventually it stops he races out of the room down the hallway and he bumps into being chased by everything that was in the room by the way because she's brought everything to life he bumps into his two kids with the two servants and jim says let's find your mom and just get out of here and one of the servants says she can't leave. And then he disappears and then reappears next to Jim. And Jim is like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, he doesn't believe in ghosts, right? He's just like, I don't know. And the kids say, dad, they're ghosts. And Jim is like, no, daddy's just hallucinating. Let's just go. Like he's still, even when he sees it, he still can't believe it. So the kids tell him they have to break the curse in order to leave the house and they show him the portrait and he's just like that looks like your mum." and they're like yeah exactly so that was that scene i liked it what do you think i really thought this scene was going to serve as the scene that would make jim from a non-believer into a believer but i really like after he goes after the after the after the magic ball makes him fly i really like that once he exits the room and he runs into the two servants with his kids, I like the fact that he is still a doubter. So I really like the fact that he is stubborn throughout this whole yeah. process. Yeah. And he is not a believer. And yeah. I really, really like that. Uh, because I because I would assume that after something like that, after a magic ball makes me float. Even I, who don't believe in jack shit, mm. would start believing in something. Yeah, but I like it because it's like 
you know, with with skeptics, it it takes more than one one something one thing to happen to make them a believer. So I believed it. You know what I mean? Because you know, in movies with skeptics, and one thing happens, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm a believer," and I'm like, "That's not reality. That's not skeptics need a lot of things to happen to make them believe. It's not just they can't just switch a belief system off." So I liked it. I liked that it was like a slow burn, and now we're with Gracie. And, and Sarah, and he, he tells Sarah the story that we saw at the beginning of um, him and Elizabeth and how they were from separate worlds and they couldn't be together and, you know, basically what we saw at the beginning. So what do you think? I really thought that this scene was reductive. I mean, I understand why Grayson, right? Grayson? Gracie. Yes, I understand why Gracie is telling Eddie Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy's wife this whole story because he has to sort of ensnare her in his web. But on the other hand, I was like, why in the hell are you seeing, are, why in the hell are you standing here listening to this guy, to this guy's sob story? Like, like shouldn't some yeah. bells go off in your head right now? And yeah. that <laughs> look, and and that is what I wanted to talk. That is what I wanted to mention before. Mm. I think that this movie, in this one instance, goes away from the Gracie, uh, uh, the, the Gracie scene with Eddie Murphy's wife. Like they they have it there, but I think they go away from it too much. I think they right. focus on Eddie Murphy and his kids more than they do the Gracie and Eddie Murphy's yes. wife. Yeah, I don't I I don't like that. So Ugh. now we're back with Jim and the kids. They are watching the conversation that their mum and Gracie are having through Madame Leota because she's a crystal ball. That is right as convenience. <laughs> that is fucking right as convenience. <laughs> Because they had to find a way for them to find out all this information and what was going on, but how are they going to do it? They'll just do it. Madame Leota will show them. So, which it was fine because it's a Disney movie. It's Haunted Mansion. So <sighs> Jim learns. Yeah, I know. I get it. So Jim learns that Gracie is. It's funny because this made no sense to me. He doesn't seem concerned. Gracie, great. Well, he 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 kind of is. But, but but remember, he's not. A, he's oh, I don't know. So the the thing that I'm having trouble with is he saw this conversation, and the first thing he says is Gracie is dead, but nobody told him that Gracie was dead. And in the conversation he was having with Sarah, Gracie was oh, having wow. with Sarah. He he didn't say that he was dead. So after he saw that conversation, he's like, oh my god, Gracie is dead. But like, who told what? him that Gracie what? was not was was dead? That's a pothole that I missed. Good. Good catch. I missed that. Yeah, like I was like, oh, how does he know? How does he know that? And why is he in if he's saying that, that means that he must believe in ghosts because he's just seen a person that's dead that clearly is a ghost. But in the scene before, he wasn't a believer, but now he is with like no evidence, no more evidence. I don't know. I'm looking too deep into this. I get it. <laughs> One of the servants asks Leota if Sarah is the reincarnation of Elizabeth, which is Gracie's lost love, and they say it's true. She is. That's not how reincarnation works, people. <laughs> but anyway, we're not going to go into a fucking tangent about that. Um, so for the curse, they say, for the curse to be broken, the truth must be known. You must find the key. 
Madame Leota says, enter the tomb and travel down deep and there you will find the key. Find the black crypt that bears no name or soon your fate will be the same. And so Jim asks, all right, fine, we have to find a tomb because he knows there's a cemetery behind the the house. He goes, well, how do we get out of the house? Because he can't get out. But has he, this is another plot hole, has he actually tried to get out of the house? No. So how does he know that he can't leave the house if he hasn't tried to actually get out of the house? That's a very, very good point. And that's actually a pothole that I caught. Yeah. Um, but actually, I don't, I really don't like this scene because it's, I, I feel that it's too exposition. I feel that it, I feel that it is way too, it's yeah. too, thank you. It has too much exposition in it. And yeah. I would have had, these characters find out these things more uh fr- uh, uh more organically yeah. i listen i don't i i have a, i have a couple ideas of how i would do it but i would have preferred them to discover these things on uh um uh, by themselves and have some magic ball tell them yeah that yeah. that to 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 escape this house and to stop what is going to happen to your wife, you need to go here, 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 and here. You yeah. know, and I'm like, okay, that's a little bit com- convenient. I was like, yeah. Um, but again, but again, guys, you have to understand that we're complaining about a PG movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So one of the servants says, "There's always my way," and then there's this scene of them in a uh, horse and carriage, and they bust out of the house. And the next minute, they're headed into the cemetery. When they start seeing random ghosts on the way, just just like living their life. But what I love about this scene is the horse is a skeleton, and the carriage is actually a hearse from like the 1970s. It's actually not. It's not a carriage like traditionally. It's a hearse, which I thought was really really cool. And they anyway, they start seeing random ghosts on their way, just living their life. Um, cause Eddie Murphy's like, why are they all like in the graveyard? And the servant says when they died, they couldn't find the light and now they're trapped. And it's like, ah, oh. uh, but that was that scene. I thought that that was a really, really cool scene going through the cemetery in the hearse, uh, seeing all the ghosts. I thought that was really fun. It was a really, really good scene. And I really like what the, um, what one of the servants said when, when they asked why are all these ghosts in the graveyard? So I really like the fact that these ghosts are basically like in purgatory because they couldn't find the light or they couldn't find the doorway to mm. heaven. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the next scene, <laughs> Gracie takes Sarah to see Elizabeth's wedding dress that she never got to wear. If why I was Sarah, fu- I would be getting the fuck out. I'd be like, all right, thank you. fucking weird. Thank- I'm out. Thank you. <laughs> why, the, why the holy fuck is she not running? I don't know, but she what doesn't the- even seem phased. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, but, but, cool. But, uh-huh. but why, <laughs> why, why is she going on with I don't know. Uh, this thing, this is know. the this is the thing that really bugged the shit out of me. Why is she not? Um, Maybe she just thinks he's just like a lonely guy. Yeah, but yeah, but there is a point to one's kindness and one's lack of lack of respect, lack of common decency and courtesy. And mm-hmm. I think Sarah reached that point a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i agree so now we're back with jim and jim and the kids and they're walking through the cemetery 
when they come Light. across they come across um the barbershop quartet which is directly directly from the ride um no they way. are um they're outside but they're in the line i think but they're also inside the ride uh they're very very cool they're basically uh, four marble busts, and they're singing heads, and they are completely—they're—they're they're extremely unhelpful, <laughs> which they are. They just—I I don't know—they're just unhelpful. But it's cool because it's directly from the ride. And then um, another ride is convenience. Megan spots the tomb that they need to be at, and they head over. This cemetery is massive. The—the the fact that they just happen to come across the right one, and she just knows it's the right one without having seen like a picture or anything. Is uh, again, it's a Disney movie, but it's just yeah. a bit like from a screenwriter's perspective, it's like, how would you know that that's the one? You could have, you could have had Megan and his little brother get lost in a library inside the house, and have them going through books, and have Megan come across the diagram of the cemetery or something. And exactly, her, yes, well, yeah, fix that. But I, I do want to mention my favorite part of this movie happened in this moment when they came across the singing heads. I was like, these guys are awesome. I wanted, yeah. to, I want them to do my ringtones. Like, <laughs> uh, you should, you could probably download something. <laughs> I, could. I, I, I probably could, but I, I have my phone on mute most of the time. They are cool. But the one thing that I will say about this scene that only, that really doesn't work for me is the lighting. Mm. I'm like, it has, to, it needs to be darker. It's Darker. too light. Yeah, that scene was a bit God, light. Yes, damn I will it. agree. Yeah, there's too much light. light in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, this was quite funny. Uh, and when I say funny, I mean like the writer's convenience again. So there's a sign on the front of the mausoleum, the tomb that they come to, that reads, and Megan reads it. Beware all that enter. Here lies the passage to the dead. And Eddie Murphy's like, how do you know how to read that? And she goes, it's in Latin. And he says, yeah, but how do you know? And she said, well, I've only been studying it for two years. But it's like, would a 10-year-old study Latin? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think it's just a way to like, oh, she can read it. But mm, I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, so Jim enters. He tells the kids, stay outside. I'm going to go get the key. So he enters alone and the set is beautiful. Massive tomb, the stairs leading down to the crypt. And it's like, there's like, they're like bogged down in water on the walls. There's all these coffins that line the walls that go up to the ceiling. It's really, really cool. Jim is holding like a fire torch and he turns around and Megan's standing like behind him and she's like yeah i think you need my help <laughs> she's just the fucking smart he scares the sh- scares the shit out of him and they spot the crypt the black crypt they're looking for and uh, the- so they need to open it they push the top off to reveal like a skeleton corpse inside holding a key which is like convenient that he's just holding it there jim grabs it and they go to walk away they're like oh that wasn't so bad and then in the background the skeleton sits up and scares the shit out of them jim drops the key into the water Megan goes into the water to get the key while Jim fights off several walking corpses because all the lined uh, coffins on the wall, all the corpses decide they want to get up because it's time to get up now. (laughs) And um, they keep coming at him and Megan eventually finds the key under the water. They race up the stairs as the door closes and Michael is on the outside. Now this is Michael's redemption moment. Michael is on the outside and they're like, Michael, Michael, can you open the door? 
but there's about a thousand massive spiders on the door. <laughs> and he's just like, the spiders, I'm not going near it. And it's funny because Jim is trying to calm him down. He's like, no, it's okay. They're not going to hurt you. You know, he's being nice. And Megan is like, open the fucking door. Just, I'm going to kill you if you don't open the door. And Jim's like, that's not helping. <laughs> And she's like, I don't care. Get him to open the door. So eventually Michael gets his courage and opens the door uh, and they, they, they rush out. Um, so it was good. I love that scene. The set design was great. The, the action was great. The corpses, the, 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 um, how they designed the corpses was really cool. Yeah. The whole scene was awesome. It's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, no, uh, uh, the whole sequence when they go into the crypt. Well, first of all, I will agree with Dean and the fact that Megan, knows latin is another writer's convenience because uh her studying latin should have been set up earlier in the film uh like 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 if we would have met her a minute before she came in and whacked that spider before she killed that spider if we met her a second earlier and she was doing some homework and she was reading a book that's in latin that would have been perfect that would have been fine yeah yeah um Everything, everything in the crypt was great, but I'll say I'm going to say it one more time. I'm never going to say it again. Just too much light in in this scene. Yeah. But the other thing that the other thing that the scene reminded me of a lot was Indiana Jones and uh, and uh, the Last Crusade when mm-hmm. Indy oh, yeah. and and Doctor Schneider go to the crypt to find the knight, mm. and also. When uh, Megan and Eddie Murphy's character are trying to get out of the tomb and the outside of the door being covered by spiders, I really love that moment because that gives the 10-year-old his moment of redemption. It gives him his hero moment. Also, that scene was very reminiscent to me of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when, uh, when Indy and Short Round are stuck in a room and Willie... Uh, refuses puts her hand in the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she she refuses to put her hand through uh through the cave that has a lever. She that, is me. Fuck that. Yeah. Get squished. <laughs> Get squished. <laughs> no, thank you. You. you know, but all in all, uh, those two scenes were wonderful. So Jim delivers the key to Madame Leota, and she says, "Now find the trunk." And Eddie, Mo- uh, Jim's like, "Now find the trunk." No, this is supposed to be the key out of here. And he's pissed. He's pissed. He just wants to fucking go. So he picks up Leota and together they go to the trunk. He's like, well, you're going to come with me. I'm not going by myself. We have to go to this fucking trunk. Jim opens it and he finds, well, she says, find the letter that must be read. He finds the letter. He opens it. And the letter is from Elizabeth to Gracie from the 1700s, telling him that she loves him and wants to be with him forever. And Jim says, someone gave Gracie the wrong letter. So Gracie was obviously given a letter saying, I I don't want to be with you anymore. I don't love you, which is why, you know, they both ended up dying. Ramsley comes in and we find out that he's the one that gave Gracie the wrong letter as he was about to throw everything he's ever worked for away for love. He was the one that poisoned Elizabeth and to break the curse, the master must be reunited with his love. Then they'll be free. So what's happened is because all this shit went down the 1700s, all these ghosts, including Ramsay, are trapped in the house and it's created a curse. And now the only reason to break, the only way to break the curse is to reunite Elizabeth and Gracie together 
and then all the ghosts will be set free. This is why Ramsley wanted Sarah to come to the house because he thinks she's the reincarnation of Sarah. So Ramsley doesn't want Jim to get in the way. He throws Jim out the window. He lands on his car and the house begins to board itself up. Again, um, going back to the fact that Eddie Murphy probably could have left the house at any time, uh, but he just didn't. And there was the whole thing of, oh, I can't leave the house. You haven't tried (laughs) to leave. But now the house is boarded up, so now there's a problem, and now he has to try and get back inside. So what do you think? Also, um, the fact that Ramsley was the perpetrator of this whole thing and Ramsley killed his master's one true love, I was like, Duh, of course it's the fucking butler, duh. But actually, um, you know, you know, that's a really cool reveal. Although I do have one little nitpick. When mm-hmm. uh Eddie Murphy finds a letter, right? And the letter mm-hmm. is supposed to be like a billion years old. Like that letter looks like it was made yesterday in fucking Photoshop. <sighs> yes, I, I I didn't I didn't pick that up, but I absolutely agree with you. But what I what what I got out of it is why did Ramsley even keep the letter? Yeah, why didn't he, he destroy it? it? That's what I that's what I get stuck on. But yes, no, but actually, right. the letter looks like it was written yesterday. Yeah, but also that letter is a smoking gun. Yeah. So why would you keep the smoking gun? Why wouldn't you throw that's the what smoking I mean. gun? Like why yes. is it there? <laughs> ultimately, ultimately uh the the other thing that really pissed me off is when Ramsley basically threw Eddie Murphy out of the house. He flipped backwards and he hit the, the, he, so he was thrown out of the house. He flipped, you know, end over end. And then somehow he ended up smacking his face on the mirror. I'm like, uh, that's not how gravity works. People. If he was thrown out of the house, he should have broke his back on his car. A hundred percent. He would have. Yes. He didn't even dent the car, which I find funny. (laughs) hooray for disney hooray for disney yeah i just like off you go i mean look the scene the scene was good because i thought it was a good reveal it was kind of predictable there are certain things i would have done differently which i've already said Mm. the way that eddie murphy was thrown out of the house and how that went down didn't work for me at all because logic Mm. but off you go so gracie's talking to sarah oh sorry let me start again. Gracie takes Sarah into the ballroom and then asks if she remembers their life together. And she's kind of looking at him like, what? Like, I don't. And and now, now, now she's getting a fucking clue, right? What? <laughs> this whole time. Now she's getting a fucking clue. She's like, oh, okay, this guy's weird. Yeah, he was weird before, dude. So, and then, but I love this scene because in the background, the ghosts of the 1700s ballroom appear dancing behind them. In like the ride. <laughs> this is directly from the ride when you're on the Doom buggy and uh you look down and there's a what? Hold up. You get Doom buggies on this ride? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So you're on the buggy and you look down into this beautiful ballroom and you see all these ghosts dancing from the 1700s. It's I that's my favorite part of the ride, other than Madame Leota and like a lot of other stuff. But anyway, I was like, oh, that's from the ride. Uh, but she doesn't, but again, she doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. And she runs off. Now she runs. She runs off and then she sees Ramsley. She bumps into him and she tells him, oh, Ramsley. <laughs> and you're just like, oh no, this is not going to be good. Gracie's gone mad. And Ramsley shows her the wedding dress and says, get into the wedding dress or else. And I have your kids. 
and she's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, Ramsley's bad, dude. While your husband and your kids have been traipsing around this whole property, you've been literally like talking to this this guy that's just been a weirdo. And yeah, so Ramsley has obviously like kidnapped the kids and she, get into the wedding dress or else. And Sarah is walking down the aisle and she's crying. And, you know, Gracie's there. He's all happy because the thing with Gracie is that he's not a bad guy. He legitimately thinks that Sarah believes that she's Elizabeth. He doesn't want to marry someone that doesn't love him. He thinks that she thinks that she's Elizabeth. And she's in the wedding dress and Gracie's awaiting her, like I said. She's got tears coming down her face and Gracie looks at Ramsley like, why is she crying? And then Ramsley goes, they're tears of joy, sir. <laughs> tears of joy. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's that. What do you think? I really have a when when Sarah Here we go. Here's a tangent. <laughs> when go. Sarah finally, uh, when Sarah finally decides to get the fuck away from uh, a Gracie or Grayson or whatever the fuck his name is, and he she she runs into Ramsley right, and he goes, oh, he goes like a really like a mustache twirling villain. He's like, oh, I got your kids. I'm like, mm-hmm. it would have been really cool if Ramsley would have like picked her up. And like bent her backwards a little bit. Also, also, I really feel that Sarah should have gone kicking and screaming to the mm. altar. Oh, yeah, she was so much of her character with her interaction with Gracie. That's not mm. his name. So yeah, much that's of it. her, you got it. Yeah, so much of so much of her interaction with him mm. is so odd. And again, yeah. I don't like the way that her storyline with him is sort of put on hold in favor of everything with Eddie Murphy and his kids. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that, I feel that the writer didn't really balance that. Right. And Terrence stamp saying that, Oh, why is she crying when, you know, when, when, when she is all in the wedding dress and about to get married and he goes, Oh, they're tears of joy, sir. I'm like, guy, you, you gotta be Gracie had to be smarter than that. He I was. thought that he, he he was he just yeah. wanted to believe it so badly. Okay, okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. When you want to believe something so badly, you would disregard everything to believe it. That goes for anything. Jim is sitting next to his car. He's given up. He can't get back into the house. He can't get his kids. He can't get his wife. Madame Leota is there. And she gives him a pep talk, and I really like what she says because she says the only way you fail is when you stop trying. And so he's like, "All right." So he gets in the car. Because she says, because he says, what do you want me to do? And she says, try again. And so he's like, all right. So he gets in the car and she's in the back and he's strapped her in, which I always thought was funny. And he rams into the house, which I like because remember at the beginning where he was like, don't shut the door. Like, uh, this is a car. Now he doesn't give a fuck about the car. It's like, I don't give a fuck about the car. It's a car. Now he's got his priorities straight. He's like, I will do anything to get my family back. So I like that scene. It was like a, it was like an arc for him. No, actually, I realized that thing too because it's a turning point for uh, for Jim because it's the it's the moment in the film where he goes, "Fuck it, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get my family back." And I really mm. like I I really like the scene for another reason um, again, uh, as well because what what uh, the the magic ball says to him really resonated with me because of something that somebody often tells me right you know uh, if if you don't do it right one time do it again 
and yeah. do it again until you fucking get it right. Yeah. And I really, I really, th- this scene touched me or this scene connected with me in two different ways. I was happy for Jim for having his character arc, but I really like with the, the magic ball said about not be not giving up and being persistent as you being completely persistent. Even if you fall, just Mm. keep getting up and, 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 uh, and uh, keep trying to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yes. Yes. So Jim's in the house now and he rescues his kids and he goes to stop the wedding, but they're saying they're in the middle of saying their vows and they have to drink from a cup and she drinks from it. And we know that it's poison because he's dead and she's not. So she has to be dead. So she drinks from the cup and you're like, oh shit. So he stops the wedding, gets her a bit late because she's already drunk from the cup. He gives Gracie the letter and he says, she already said yes. Yeah. She he's said way yes. late. He's way late. So he gives Gracie the letter. Ramsley hid from him. And now, and he tells him, Ramsley gave you the wrong letter, blah, blah, blah. He tells him the whole story. And now he knows that Ramsley killed Elizabeth and he's fucking pissed. Ramsley gets, this is what I don't understand. <laughs> Ramsley gets pissed. He gets angry. His fucking plan has gone down in flames. And his eyes light up. And then a, a like a, a fire dragon comes out of the fireplace and drags Ramsley down to, to hell. I don't get it. That does not make sense. He gets angry, and then a fire demon comes out and grabs him. So, so hold what? up. So wait, wait, wait. Him getting angry doesn't make sense. But the but the other but the other point that I don't understand is why is there a pit straight to hell in his house? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and that's not that's not the well 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 we're we're about to get there, but um so so I won't spoil that. But that makes no sense at all. That that doesn't make any sense at all. No, I thought that that was kind of a quick ending for Ramsley. It's like, but that made no like, why would that he, thing come out of the fireplace now at this time? Like, what's the what's the? Go? He should he should have suffered more. Like, yeah, like, he should have. No, but it would it would like again. I understand that this is a kids' movie, but it would it would have been really cool if Grace Lee like fought with him or kind of like picked him up and broke his again. Yeah. It, it's a kids' movie. But it would be really cool if he would have picked him up and like broke his back or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Sarah falls down because she's drunk the poison. And they're like, oh my God, like there's nothing you can do. And then the glowing ball of light returns and it goes into Sarah and she lifts up into the middle of the room and there's a light that shines down and Sarah starts speaking as Elizabeth saying the truth needed to come out in order for her to be released. So that glowing ball of light was Elizabeth. And she falls into Jim's arms and it's Sarah again. And they both look up and Gracie gives the deed of the house to Jim. And he's like, keep it, sell it. I don't care what you do with it. I don't care. He steps into the light and Elizabeth is there straight from the 1700s. And they float up and it's really cool. And I got like goosebumps because I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And then there's this beautiful shot of outside the mansion just outside the gates of all the spirits all the ghosts going up to heaven because they've been trapped there for hundreds of years and i just thought that that was so such a beautiful scene i was like oh that's so sweet but that's 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 pretty much the end there's one more scene but that's pretty much the end yeah it was a it was a it was a really cool scene that uh gracely finally got his happy ending even if it was in death 
uh, and and not in life. And it was really cool that he gave uh, Jim the deed to the house. And it was kind of funny that uh, um, Elizabeth uh, inhabiting the body of Sarah, watching Elizabeth kiss Gracely, kind of gave Eddie Murphy this like, oh, yeah. stop kissing him now. You know, he like like he couldn't get over that. That was the spirit of somebody else in his wife's body. I really, yeah. really enjoyed that. Yeah. But ultimately, the seeing seeing all the spirits going to heaven, uh, mm-hmm. if you believe in that sort of thing, is really cool. Yeah. So the last scene, the final scene of the movie, Jim, Sarah, and the two kids are in the car and they're going to the lake and they've, they've got like the canoe on the top and they're trying to figure out like which is the best way to get there. Uh, Madame Leota is strapped in the back between the two kids, which I thought was really cool that they brought her along. And they, Jim has also brought the a barbershop quartet, which is strapped to the the back of the car and they're singing, <laughs> which I thought was cool. That was the yeah. end. That's the end of the movie. It was a nice, it was a nice light scene to end on. Yeah, um, but the one thing I was uh, the one thing I was thinking about: how the fuck is she going to explain a singing Barbara, uh, a singing singing bus once they once once they get to the beach? Like, is he going to have to like lock them up? <laughs> well, they're going to the lake, so I assume they have a lake house, so it wouldn't be busy. And also, right. why he could have he could say, "Oh, they're battery operated." That is true. That is true. Yeah. So anyway, that's the end. I'm going to go to my tree if there's nothing else. Go right ahead. Okay, so Madame Leota was named after a Disney Imagineer who worked on the ride. Also, Master Gracie was also named after an Imagineer that also worked on the ride, which I thought was quite cool. Good for them. That is, that is very cool. When, when Disney does stuff like that, that's really cool. Disney originally greenlit the film in the 80s. And this is how long it took them to get it made. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting that. I mean, of all the movies that I imagine to be in production hell, like The Haunted Mansion is the last movie that I would expect. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, went through that. Anthony Hopkins was asked to play the role of Ramsley. I think he would have been good. Um, he would have been good. You know what? I think he would have done a better job than Terrence Stamp. Oh, Okay. Okay. And that's pulling some punches because I love yeah, that is. Stamp. That is. Uh, the last piece of trivia I have for you, which was interesting, Eddie Murphy actually doesn't like the movie and he says it's not a good film. Yeah, I, I mean, Listen, you know look, what I'm like. I hate it when actors fucking bite the hand that feeds them. I hate it when they do that because yeah. there's a lot of people that love this movie, including me. I love this movie. That's why I picked it. So when actors turn around and badmouth their shit, I get pissed. I mean, listen. I saw this movie years ago, probably when it first came out, and I didn't remember half of it. But there are certain scenes in this movie where I feel that Eddie Murphy is kind of like phoning phoning it in. But also, I do think that this is kind of like a paycheck movie for him. I But I agree with Dean 100%. I hate when actors badmouth projects that they've been in because yeah. – it see it, it feels like to me that actors forget how extremely lucky they are and yeah. how how blessed they are to be actors in the first place. Yeah, and they're putting down do, movies that people like. Do you know how hard it is to be a working actor in Hollywood? Yeah, it but is. you know what actors are like, especially yes, A-grade actors, A-list yes, actors. I, yes, they don't I give do. a fuck. They, yes, they, do. they have I an do. ego from here to Timbuktu. 
Yes. You know what? You, you know what? My example would have worked better if it if, if I said, do you know how difficult it is to be a working writer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it would have worked. Anyway, that's uh, the end. So I'm going to wrap this up. I hope that you've enjoyed our review of The Haunted Mansion. If you like us, you can subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms that you can think of because we're on all of them. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can like um, our channel or our videos or this review uh you can leave us a comment if you want if you want to email us you can email us at the mixtape pod at aol.com next week next week we have the x files i want to believe so if you want to come back next week and join us for that you can it's going to be really cool if you're an x files fan i think we will do it justice and just to sign off podcast voice If someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape, that must mean that they really love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.